Hello, and welcome to The Weekend Starts on Wednesday. Welcome back to another episode of The Weekend Starts on Wednesday. My name is Patrick Arias, and it is my pleasure to be your tour guide as we break down and discuss this weekend's hot picks and bold predictions. We are dedicated to covering all the best sporting events taking place from Wednesday to Sunday, and this weekend is no different. I am joined live by my co-hosts, Andres, the Cavalier King, and Bryant, first prize, Flores. Gentlemen, 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 welcome back. It's great to see your faces. Glad that we can connect virtually one more time for the 126th episode. So, in true weekend starts on Wednesday fashion, we like to start off every show with a hero or a headline extremely close and extremely dear to our hearts. And it doesn't get any more dear to our hearts than Andres making money off college football action this past Saturday on dress. What happened? Do you have a hero or a headline for your money-making pick? Let's talk about an unbelievable headline. Kansas University wins for the first time ever football game in Texas at Texas University. First time ever in the school's football program history, they've never beaten Texas on the road at Texas. That, to me, is astonishing when I first found that out because we always know that when we hear Kansas beating up on Texas, it's usually on the hardwood floors of basketball, not necessarily on the gridiron of football. So they have beaten Texas twice prior. Those two instances were actually at Kansas, not on the road. So this win was a lot more special for the program. Uh, they were big underdogs. Texas, Flores, if you believe it or not, were favored pregame minus 31 points. Minus 31. <laughs> Do you want to know what that money line was pregame? 2,200 to 1. Oh, my God. You put a hundred dollars down for them to win, you get two thousand two hundred dollars back. So forget about that, just the points itself. Uh it's funny because I was watching the game, I was rooting for Kansas. Be- why? Because who's the head coach on the other side of the sideline for Texas? None other than the infamous drunky drunk of Sarkeesian. I still don't understand how this guy has a job. This guy, every time I see him, I know he's going to choke. He's he's due for a loss every single time. I never bet with him. I always bet against him. Um, it's just funny for me to see him watch, and yet he, he loses uh, to a team that the program of Texas never lost to at home. So I'm surprised he still has a job, guys. I don't want to take anything away from Kansas because the coach was for Kansas is a gutsy guy. They were up and down. The last possession, they were down uh, seven, and when they scored, they decided to go for two and say, fuck it, there's no overtime, we're going to win it right here and now, and they ended up doing that. So a lot of kudos uh, to Kansas Jayhawks, Rock Chalk Jayhawks, <laughs> on, their, on their game, on their first victory in the state of Texas against Texas. So that, those are my, those, that was my team 
my hero, my headline, Pat. Yeah, man. So it was a 57 to 56, the final score. Um, and you were incorrect, Jimmy says. There was at least one overtime. So in overtime, they went for two, says Jimmy. Jimmy oh, with that's the stats. right. There was. You're correct. Jimmy's correct. Sorry, I did fuck that up. But uh, I forgot there was one overtime. But the fact that they still went for two points and not go to a second overtime, because usually the rule is you play for the tie on the road and you go for the win at home. Being gutsy, man, that, that coach has got a lot of moxie, so he went for it for the win. Well, hey, congratulations to Kansas. I'm sure that that is probably enough for them. That's like their bowl game because, you know, they're not going to make a real bowl game. So that's it for them. So congratulations to the Jayhawks. Um, now, shooting it over to you, Flores, do you have a hero or a headline? Before I actually get into my uh, hero slash headline, I also want to give a shout out while we're talking about some universities and some crazy things to UC Riverside for their crazy win over Arizona State in college basketball this last week with like a second left. I don't know if either of you guys have seen this highlight yet. But it's one of the craziest game winners ever. The defender, all he has to do is get in front of, of uh, J.P. Moorman from Riverside and just make him make a really difficult shot. Instead, he goes for the steal and Moorman throws up a three-quarters of the floor length shot and makes it. And it is the craziest college victory I've seen in a long, long time. So I wanted to give them their shout-outs. And then staying local, like Pat loves to say, for the intro and for the headline and for the news that we're delivering here on the weekend starts on Wednesday. The weekend is going to start Thursday at like 9 p.m. if you want to be, you know, straight about this this week, because that's the time where you can finally go see King Richard starring Will Smith, a movie that ever since I heard about it, I've been excited to finally watch you know, all the Tupac and Biggie and NWA shit, NWO movies can come out. And I don't really care about them because it's like, whatever. I live that I've seen enough documentaries on them. I've seen enough shows, enough TV episodes of who killed Biggie, who killed Tupac. I don't need another movie from them. But a movie describing the life of Venus and Serena Williams, something that we haven't seen this story told by a cast in Hollywood, a cast led by Will Smith. With everything that Will Smith is going through right now, he's maybe one of the more most famous actors in the world over the last couple of years, and it's not because of his acting in any of the movies during that time. It's because of Jada Pinkett. So Will Smith is able to redeem himself in a lot of people's eyes with this movie, and I think he's going to. This movie is for the people. It's for the culture. It's for sports enthusiasts everywhere. I love that they're highlighting Venus and Serena Williams, and they're doing it in a creative way by doing it through the you know the lens of the dad and what he had to go through to get them out. Like one of these articles that I that I read kind of highlighted that somebody told him like, "You really believe you have two Mozarts under your roof at the same time in South LA?" Which is guys, that's where we all met in downtown slash South LA at Enterprise Rent-A-Car. So this hits even closer to home, this movie. So I'm excited to watch it. If you have HBO Max, you can go ahead and watch it there or go to a theater. King Richard coming to your theaters this Thursday night slash Friday. Yeah, and the thing about the 
tennis star movie about the uh, Williams sisters is that being a sports fanatic and a sports junkie myself, I love nothing more than an easy sell to the lovely Diana and to get her to watch sports with me because, you know, she, she, she likes the Lakers. She likes the Dodgers, but to, to branch out and be able to watch this with her. And, you know, like what you're saying, Flores, it's like a family affair, you know, Will Smith is in it. It's going to be good. I'm excited to watch it. And, uh, they kind of put the foot on the gas over the last week or so in the marketing. So the commercials have been very present. It's been very, very um, alive over the last few days. So I'm excited to watch it. And uh, we do have one more hero that I wanted to get into. Uh, It's an exclusive interview I did with my uncle. So we're going to go ahead and play that for you guys just after a quick message from our sponsor. I'd like to welcome my uncle Daniel to the show for the first time. Um, my Theo Danny has been a listener over the last couple of years. And uh, over the last couple of years, he's actually also taking on uh, pickleball. And if you're not aware about pickleball, if you don't know what it is, it's one of the most uh, popular, fastest growing sports that there is right now. So Welcome, Theo Danny. Thank you for taking the time to uh, speak with me about uh, your event this past weekend. Well, thank you for having me on the show. <laughs> no problem. No problem. Um, so I guess that kind of leads up to the first question. So what is pickleball? Well, pickleball is a paddle sport like like ping pong, tennis, badminton, anything with a racket. And it's played with two or four players. So the, the paddles are made of composite material, and they're, they're not that long like a tennis racket. The balls are hollow plastic balls with holes, mm-hmm. similar to a wiffle ball. But made out of a plastic, there are indoor and outdoor pick pickle balls. And the game is played on a court with a net in the same oversize as the badminton court, 20 feet by 44 feet. Mm-hmm. Basically, that's what pickleball is as far as courts, uh, courts and uh, paddles. So it's like um, it's like the same rules as ping pong, right? Where when you serve, you have to serve from one corner to the other corner, and you have to um, make sure that you're in bounds and over the net on the first serve, right? Correct. Yeah. Okay, so it's basically the same rules as ping pong, but you have to wear your tennis shoes because it's like a miniature tennis court, which you actually have one at your house in Las Vegas. So everybody should know that you get plenty of practice and um, (laughs) you didn't get your court right away. You were involved in pickleball long before you got your court at your house. So how did you get involved in pickleball? It's it's a funny situation how, how, how I got involved. I, I found out about the pickleball while on vacation in Indian Waters RV, which is in Indio, California. I, I, I heard this noise like a ball in a paddle just going bang, 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 and just, just driving us crazy. And because they, they have six courts and all courts were being used. So we hearing this noise, you know, so I went to watch them play and I was so interested interested in the game because it's so simple i mean you don't you only move two steps left two steps right and then you get to bang the ball if it's too high (laughs) you know so 
So I, I, I came back home to Las Vegas, you know, to see what pickleball was. I talked to some players and they told me where our, where the play was. And it's only about two miles from my house. So I started meeting people, been playing ever since. I've been playing for three years now. And now I'm, I become an ambassador for the Durango Hills Pickleball Association, which an ambassador gets to greet new people, mm-hmm. in, introduce them to the court rules, because we have a paddle system. When when we get a lot of people come, coming in, there's a paddle system that gives you your next your court time. And I kind of make sure that's everybody's following that. And also <laughs> I volunteer during training clinics. Go ahead. No, I was just laughing because I pictured you um, regulating the rules. Has anybody ever um, defied you? Uh, ask me again. I said, I was just laughing because I envisioned you regulating the rules. So I wanted to know, has anybody ever uh, defied you or went against what you were saying? No, no. I mean, uh, I I have to make sure that, that they do the paddle system because that gives everybody time on the court. And if they don't do it, then they cannot play in the courts. And that's what kind of an ambassador tries to help out the new not the new people, people that are coming from Canada, St. George, that just want to play pickleball because <laughs> every time where I go, me and Donna, uh, we when we go somewhere in RV, we want to make sure there's a pickleball court mm-hmm. because we are so stoked on playing pickleball and uh, we're we're pretty good at it. Yeah. Well, that actually um, that actually leads me to the next question. So. You were just in the Coachella Valley this past weekend. You were in La Quinta and uh, you participated in a tournament over the weekend. And how, how was that tournament? So the first question is, who hosted the tournament? And the second question is, how many tournaments have you done at this point? Well, on that Pacific tournament, it was at Indian. It was at uh, La Quinta Hotel. And that was hosted by the... PPA, the Pro Pickleball Association, which is a big organization. I mean, they're they're growing numbers, and they, they host they host about twenty tournaments a year all around the country. Mm-hmm. So uh, I did play, and I also got uh, out of ten teams, I had a uh, bronze, mm-hmm. and it wasn't easy playing at ninety degree weather, but I. Uh, <laughs> I prevailed and I got runs. So yeah. it was cool. So now I remember when was it? It was, I think it was, it had to have been in the springtime because you won a gold medal out in Southern Utah, right? And it would have been way too hot to play during the summertime, correct? You, you, you Of course. You, I, I won at St. George. I played 60 plus at 3.5. You are right. So that was your. So this is your second professional tournament you've been involved in. No, I've actually been in twelve turn tournaments mm-hmm. in in my in my life, and I have ten medals at <laughs> three point five, at fifty plus, and sixty plus. I'm sixty three, and sometimes I have to drop down to the fifty range because my partner's only did fifty five. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, yeah, as a matter of fact, uh, I played with that same partner 
50 plus Tom uh, this past week weekend and we got bronze. That's good. So they let you drop down in age. Um, they let you, yes. They don't let you go up. They let you, me, I have to drop down to my partner's age. So how, how does it feel to beat certain teams where you know that you're about seven, eight years older than them? It really feels good. When I was in St. George, uh, we played some co Canadians. We played them the first game, and we won two out of three. Yeah, I knew I was going to see them in, in, in the gold match, mm -hmm. and I did. And that was the best two out of three, too. And six hours after that, uh, me and Tom got gold, and we were pretty happy about our, our play at that time. So uh, tell us about the crowd that came out to uh, support you this past weekend. It was a lot of friends and family from the desert. <laughs> we, I, I think I had so much family there. I ha must have had 12, 12 family members. And after, after the match, the one that we won, we were going back and forth. I was down, I would say, eight to three. And I, our, I thought we, we were done. <laughs> but we came back 11-8. And as soon as we got that last point, I just heard this roar, yay! Mm -hmm. And I look, and of course, it's my family, so that was awesome. <laughs> it brought you back to... Um, now, I, I've been thinking about when... Ever since we set up this interview, I've been thinking about why you um, why you might be so good at pickleball. And do you, th do you think it has anything to do with... Because whenever I meet somebody that's your age in the desert, all they talk about is how good you were at second base or shortstop, right? What was it in high school? Shortstop. Okay, so they would always tell me how good of an infielder you were. Do you think your footwork and your hand-eye coordination at commanding such a space is what makes you good at pickleball? Of course. You you have to have great hands and you have to be quick. And I, I believe right now my hands are quicker than my feet, which is good because – Playing pickleball, you don't need to have quick feet. You just need to be quick hands mm -hmm. and control the ball and uh, put it to the other opponent's back backside where he cannot return the ball. So, yeah, you you are correct on, on that. I've been the recipient of some of those uh, trick shots that go right over your head and you can't get to them. But I've, um, I've been dying to get back out there and play at your house. And I have one last question for you, and it comes from the lovely Diana. She wants to know, who do you like to play against the most? Who do I like to play against the most? Yeah, who's your favorite opponent? Now, are we talking uh, mixed or men's doubles or? Um, I guess it would be who who do you like to play against as a as a partner as a duo? Hmm. As a duo, well, well, what I have to be, I have to stay in my age zone. My age is sixty plus, so I have to stay in that. Because there's a lot of great, great players out there. 60-year-olds, 70-year-olds, 80-year-olds. Mm -hmm. uh, hopefully the answer would be, I'd want to stay in my division and stay in men's doubles. Because mix is really hard hard to play because they always hit, hit to, to the female. 
Okay. Well, I hope that clears that up. <laughs> yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. So um, I guess when you played one-on-one, what what is the most challenging opponent you've had just one-on-one? Do you remember that match? Oh, one-on-one. Uh, I did play Thursday at the Valley one-on-one, and it was my first singles. And I was I lost two games in a row because I didn't know how to play singles. Mm. And they were just putting the ball where I could not get to, and I was just not uh, feeling it. So I, I I lost pretty good. I think I lost 11-3 twice. Oh, okay. But then you came back and you won a bronze medal. So um, t- 12 tournaments, 10 medals, that's a high percentage rate. Um, so I, I just wanted to um, take this opportunity to make sure that, you know, we, we had you on the show to talk about pickleball. Um, people that listen to the show and follow our page on Instagram and Facebook, they, they might remember from this past spring of uh, 2021, where we posted that photo of you because you won that gold medal on a Wednesday. So that was a true weekend starts on Wednesday for you. So that's true. (laughs) Hey, uh, there's one more question. You asked me if there is a pro pro league and that's a great question because just Recently, there was an MLP, Major League Pickleball, and it was the world's best 32 players were drafted, 16 men, 16 women. And this was held last week in Austin, Texas. This mm-hmm. was November 5th and 8th. So so this was the first time they, they did a pro league, and uh, it came out re- really good. You got drafted, and you got to play – play against top people in the world that just happened to be done last last weekend so do you know um do you know where the cities are of the teams where they have them uh not offhand but they're uh from north carolina san clemente denver toronto canada phoenix florida Austin, Texas, and that's just to name a few. Mm, okay, so big cities then, big cities with with big markets. Are are you gonna um, try to work your way up into one of those leagues? How far how far away do you think you are? I think I'm gonna try to get to a four zero. I'm a three five player, and if I get to a four zero, I think I'll be happy. And the only to 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 get to a four zero, you have to. You have to keep the ball in the court, and then you got to just outplay your opponent. So my goal right now at 16, 3 years old, is to get to a 4-0, which is from from a 4-0, you go 4-5, and then you go 5-0 pro. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be happy to be at a 4-0 because I have a lot of work work to do. Okay, so it's, it, it, 4-0 puts you at two levels below a professional, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, hey, that's that's good. So, um, again, I wanted to thank you for joining us on the eve of your 64th birthday. So, um, happy birthday. Do you have any big plans tomorrow? Uh, family's going to take me out to eat. So, that's always good. Okay. Just don't take any tequila shots, right? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Patrick. <laughs> All right. Well, um, thank you, Theo, Danny. Thank you for um, coming on to the show and uh, hang on the line real quick right after uh, we hang up. Okay. Well, I I got one more thing here. If anybody's interested in wanting to learn how to play pickleball, just go to your city and go to, 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 to the sports and find out 
what's going out what's going on in your neighborhood about how to get started in pickleball it's going to change your life it is it's, it's good cardio as well and um i do know that um our uh, co-host on the show flores he he likes to go to las vegas um often so We'll see if we can bring him out there to your house and introduce him to your court over there at your house. Very cool. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. Um, just don't hang up yet, okay? Okay. All right, you guys, ladies and gentlemen, my Theo Danny, and uh, we will see you after this break. If you enjoy listening to the show, please subscribe to us on Instagram and Facebook. Just search Weekend Starts on Wednesday. You can keep up with all of our stories, all of our posts, and all of our predictions. Again, to keep up with all of our action and entertainment, weekend starts on Wednesday. For the last couple of weeks, we have been discussing Maction College Football. Um, if you're not familiar with Maction, it's the Middle Atlantic Conference. And what they do is they have their games as opposed to Saturday, like all the other conferences, they have their games on Tuesdays and Wednesday nights. And that's my game of choice for this coming uh, Wednesday. And it's uh, 4 p.m. Central Michigan taking on Ball State. Now, Ball State is 5-5. Five and five. Central Michigan is 6-4. and four. Um, Other than Maction Wednesday night games and uh, maybe a little Holiday Bowl or a Meineke Car Care Bowl or something like that or a Poinsettia Bowl for college football, you're not going to really see these two teams. But nonetheless, we are sports fanatics. We are sports junkies. We're going to be tuning into, or at least I'm going to be tuning into this game. And Flores and Andres, you guys can attest to this, right? How often have you been, um, uh, how often have you bet on a Maction game? How, how, how much joy does it give you, Andres? I mean, look, these guys play on Tuesdays and Wednesdays and no other college conference or college teams play on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. So to me to see them, I light up because there's no defense in any of these in this conference at all. I don't care who it is. Uh, and there's just a lot of scoring for the most part tonight or right. Currently it's not a lot of scoring in a couple of the games, but either way, uh, Wednesday night should be a better game. But yeah, Pat, I do catch myself as a true, uh, sports junkie and gamble gambling addict. Uh, I find myself betting the overs uh, on these games because I know there's no defense. So I don't know Flores' take on it, but that's why I love it. I'll tell you this, Eastern Michigan plus six against Western Michigan going down right now. They're about to score a touchdown, hopefully go up five. So that gives me a nice little 11-point cushion. Pat was talking about Central Michigan. Bro, there is Central Western, Eastern Michigan, Southern, Northern. I'm loving it. I'll take Mac action all day. <laughs> Michigan's providing right now, dude. It's it's chilly out, and they're giving us nice, warm um, weeknights. I, I love it. So uh, that that's that's Wednesday for me. Um, Central Michigan versus Ball State. The over-under on dress is set at 59. I don't know if you're going to take that, but that's what's going on for me. Um, second up is Andres's game. It's hockey game, Andres. The first must-see TV hockey game of the weekend. What is it for you, and why should the audience care about this game? 
Well, we're talking about, uh, we talked about them earlier in the show a couple weeks back. Uh, we had Joe on the show regarding the new Seattle Kraken, the newest hockey team in the NHL. Primetime television on TNT uh, against the lowly Chicago Blackhawks. Usually a powerhouse, traditionally not a good year this year. They do have a very good goaltender, though. Uh, three-time uh, Stanley Cup champion in Marc-Andre Fleury. But this year, not so much. This guy's bad. Just I think he's got holes in his gloves. He's not protecting anything. They're having an awful year. I think they're like 2-7. and seven. Kraken's not doing so great either. But again, you get to see Gretzky on TNT talk about it. I know Flores will be watching to see his boy Chuck. Charles Barkley's on the, the NHL <laughs> Network for TNT now. Uh, but I'm going to go with the Seattle Kraken at home. They have this new thing where they toss a salmon at the end of the game for their best players, so it's a cool uh, new ritual that these guys have. So take Seattle. I'm taking Seattle. Go Kraken in this. So um, the Blackhawks are 4, 9, and 2 to start the year, okay. and the Kraken are 4, 10, and 1 to start the year. So it's basically a toss-up. Um, Vegas says that the Kraken are favorites to win probably because they're the home team. And um, I believe my brother-in-law, Joe, and his dad, Chuck, they might be going to this game because Joe's a season ticket holder. So I think they might be going to this And it's the Blackhawks. So this is a very tough decision for Joe to make because he lives in Seattle. He is a Seattle fan, but he grew up rooting for the Blackhawks. So um, I will text him to see who he's going to be rooting for. Now, moving it over to you, Flores, um, 7.30 7.30 p.m., what are you going to be watching Wednesday night to start your sports weekend? So, yeah, up you know up north, they might be out there watching some hockey, but as far as what's cracking here in L.A. that <laughs> night, UCLA College Men's Basketball. They had a huge win last week against number fourth-ranked Villanova. They are currently ranked number two, so that was a big matchup early on in the season. And honestly, since I remember, since I've ever went to UCLA, it seems like UCLA always loses these big games. So for them to actually have pulled off that game and won it, especially in the way that they did, just kind of cements them as, damn, this is a legitimate squad. They have two of the best wings in the country, Johnny Juzang specifically. Uh, he's averaging, what, like 23 points a game or something like that. So it's it's them against University of North Florida, a lowly 0-4 team that is 2-2 two and two against the spread. Um, so at least they've kind of covered that part of it. But drop on UCLA, and I would even drop on them to cover as well. I don't even know what the line is, but I'm betting that it's going to be over 30 points. But yeah, UCLA is a team to watch this year, so expect me to bring them up every single week and check in on where they stand, <laughs> at least while they're in the top three. Yeah, the they had a good game last night against Long Beach State as well. Um, Long Beach State was hanging with them for the first half, and I was like, oh, shit. They just had a big win against Villanova. I hope that, you know, they don't just – cancel it out with the loss against Long Beach State. And you guys know how it is playing a local team. Like, look what UCR was able to pull off, you know. So um, I was I was thinking, shit, this might not be good. But then UCLA pulled away and they won by, I think, about 20 points last night. So hopefully they keep the winning streak alive. 
And that game should end close to about 10 o'clock on Wednesday night. So that concludes Wednesday's entertainment. We have Maction College Football, Blackhawks versus Seattle Hockey, and UCLA hosting North Florida University. Moving along to Thursday, the week, the day starts early on Thursday, Andres, here on California time in the West Coast, um, 3.30. What are you watching Thursday afternoon, Andres? I don't even remember what I'm watching. What am I watching, Pat? Oh, my God. Here, here we go again. Okay, so the 19th-ranked Ohio State Buckeyes, who are 3-0, and uh, taking on the 2-0 and Xavier. What is it? What is their mascot? The, they're, the, they're the Musketeers. That's what I thought they were. So it's an in-state rivalry. So Xavier's from Cincinnati. So they yep. essentially, you would imagine, they get all the leftover recruits that Ohio State didn't want. So you never know, right? Yeah, definitely. Xavier has been knocking on the door the last couple of years. They usually finish in the top 25, at least get to the Sweet 16 in, in March Madness. Um, in fact, fun fact, uh, uh, what's his name? Son is the coach for Bill Murray's son is the assistant coach for Xavier. Uh, so you'll see a Bill Murray sighting at Xavier. I'm sure he'll be at this game. Ohio State, I know it's early on, but I think they'll get their first loss at Xavier. I'm predicting the upset. Throw a little X for exhibit at Xavier Flores. Throw it up, dude. <laughs> <laughs> exhibit. Okay, so um, that is the first game. And that was a game that I was looking at, too, because I, I think it's – always a right time to start your March Madness research. So let's see who wins. Andres is calling an upset um, Xavier to win at home. On uh, Flores, you are saying that no matter what, you always want to talk about the Thursday night football game, right? So what are you looking for in the NFL matchup this Thursday? Well, normally I'd say, hey, let's at least consider it. And there are weeks where it's like, eh, is it really worth it? But this week, off of what the Patriots are doing and what Mac Jones is really becoming, like, people, like, you should be scared that these Patriots might meet the Bucks in the Super Bowl and just make that one of the craziest Super Bowls of all time. Because it, Mac Jones is clicking, the defense is clicking, they just swallowed up the Browns and spit them out, and I think they're going to do the same thing to the Falcons that just got embarrassed against the Cowboys that were coming off an embarrassing loss themselves. So it's just a whole bunch of embarrassment going around the NFL. And I think Atlanta's going to continue that this week. And New England's just going to jump all over them. They are, you know, expected to win. About 70% of the people are expecting New England to win. And Atlanta is being given seven points in this game. I don't know. What do you guys think? Does New England at least cover the seven, though? You know, Flores, we, I always see these Thursday night games as trap games. We called it last week with the Dolphins. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't trust Matt Ryan. Um, but I would have to say that they at least keep it close and cover the spread. I think New England still wins the game, but seven on the road is a lot of points. I did see somebody put down uh, in Vegas a hundred thousand dollars for the New England Patriots to win the Super Bowl. Uh, that bet was put in over the weekend, and I think I think the return was like six hundred grand or something like that. On a hundred thousand dollars. Yep, it was like six to one or eight to one or something like that. I forget what it was. Well, my thoughts on the game is that it's most likely going to take the under. 
What was that? A fumble? That Eastern Michigan. Their nose tackle just got an interception with two minutes to go to probably seal Eastern Michigan's victory over Western Michigan in the Maction, 22 to 21. It was an incredible play, and it probably just won me my bet. Thank you, Mr. Smith Jr., number 57. 6'3", 312 pounds, Michael Smith Jr. Take that ball home, baby. From, from Frostproof, Florida, what a name for a city. Frostproof. You ain't getting no snow where Smith is from. <laughs> that's for sure. Um, okay, so now back to the what was it? The Patriots game. Um, the under, the over under is forty seven and a half. Fuck these Thursday night games. They're always so boring, and I think that the over is not gonna hit. Take the under because now the Patriots have Stevenson a bruising tailback. They're going to give the ball to him a lot. And the clock is just going to tick, 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 tick all night. I would take the Patriots plus the under. That's my bet. And um, if the Patriots were to make it to the Super Bowl against Tom Brady's Buccaneers, that would be crazy. But we will have to wait at least another couple months to see if that happens. And then my game on Thursday night starts at 730. It's Arizona State college basketball so the arizona state sun devils are two and one they're going to be here in southern california taking on the san diego state aztecs who are one and one i just said like four minutes ago that it's never too early to start your march madness homework and this is why i chose to watch this game not only is it going to be available on my cable programming that i have but Arizona State, San Diego State, they always end up in the March Madness tournament one way or another. Arizona State's been struggling the last couple of years, Andres. I, I know we haven't seen them much in in their uh, on your bracket, but they're always yeah. around. They're always around. San Diego State is always a clear runner to win their division. So that's why I'm into it. I'm yeah. going to be watching that. There is no Vegas uh, odds out yet. Pretty sure San Diego State will be favored. So that's the Thursday entertainment. We have 3.30, Ohio State versus Xavier College Hoops. 5.20, Patriots versus Falcons NFL. 7.30, Arizona State versus San Diego State. Now, moving along to Friday is the NBA. The Lakers taking on the Celtics. Right now, and I'm sorry, that game's at 4.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Now, this is always going to be one of the most storied rivalries in the NBA. Um, but right now, both teams are doing pretty shitty, right, Flores? I mean, what do you think is going to happen on Friday? you think the Celtics win or do you think the Lakers win? Um, I mean, LeBron's coming back and the Lakers – Again, they, they just lost to probably the best team in the NBA in the Chicago Bulls. So, you know, there's nothing for them to put their ha- their heads down low. You know what I mean? They, they got to keep their heads high. AD got ejected midway through the third quarter. So they, they got THT going, Taylor Horton Tucker. You know, I guess that's something special for the Lakers. But I think the Celtics are definitely more on a downfall. 
um, than the Lakers are, especially getting LeBron back. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm still betting heavy on the Lakers second half of the season or second three quarters of the season uh, because I don't think it's been a reflection of who they are the first kind of couple games with everybody being new and, you know, them being a little bit older. But things will settle in. Carmelo's doing well. Russ just needs to figure out his role on the team. And like I said, the Celtics are just a shit show right now. So expect the Lakers to pull it out and, and honestly might even cover. Andres, what are you thinking for Friday? I know you don't like the Lakers. I know you favor the Celtics because you are in love with Coach Brad Stevens. So what are you doing since he's not give even a coach give anymore? Us a, give us a moment, man. Uh, look, I, I think the Boston Celtics are in a better position to win this game. Lakers are have been just in a. I've seen them play, man. They just there's they're not clicking. Everything looks wrong. Maybe they have too many superstars on this team. Maybe they have too many old legs on this team. You got you. Dinosaurs die, and these are what these guys are. These are dinosaurs playing the game. So I'm gonna go with the Celtics on this one. Oh, man. So, hey, Flores, what happened with Anthony Davis? He got ejected because they wouldn't let him put a shoe on? No, he already had one tech. So you got to be smart as an NBA player when you have one tech already, and he cussed at the ref. That's one thing you can't do. That's an automatic technical. So Mm. right away got thrown out. You just got to be smarter than that. (laughs) I mean, I shouldn't be laughing because I'm a Lakers fan. But this this whole situation that they I hope you're right for is like I pray to God that you're right that the Lakers get their shit together because if they don't at least make it to the finals this year or maybe even win the whole thing, this LeBron experiment was like a complete flip of complete fail. I mean I know they won in 2020, but there's gonna be Laker haters out there for life that are not gonna count this as a true championship. So. They need this really badly to cement LeBron's legacy. So that that's my whole thing about it. Now, talking, they're probably they're probably in tank already, so they can get LeBron Junior. No, Bronny. I don't know. No, I don't. I don't think they will. They're not. Nobody wants to really tank. But anyways, let's move it along to Friday. Andres, do you know what your game is for Friday? Do you remember? No, I don't. Too many, too many nights for the head this weekend. Jesus. Okay, uh, so 6 p.m., the Air Force Academy taking on uh, yes. the Nevada Wolfpack. Both teams are 7-3. Yes. and three. Nevada, Nevada screwed me over on my bold prediction. They were winning, yes. and they lost this past Saturday. They were winning the entire time, and they ended up losing at the end. But anyways, what do you got going on? Friday night on. I this. mean, late night, late night football. I mean, who likes it? Midnight, you know, after dark. Well, it's not Pac-12, but Mountain West after dark. Uh, this is gonna be a hell of a game. I think people are definitely under underrating this game. I don't think people are keeping it under the radar. Uh, but we're gonna talk about it because we're junkies, right? Nevada Wolfpack, Pat. I'm sorry that they blew your points last week and didn't help you get more points for the uh, bull predictions, but. I'm taking the Wolfpack over Air Force. I saw Air Force. They had a great game against Army uh, back and forth. I just don't like the way that uh, military schools play the game of football. They like to run, like, triple options and a lot of just different coverages, and they have no real passing game. So I think that's going to be the difference in the game with regards to Nevada. They like to throw the ball a lot, um, and they're just a better team. I've seen them play. they got a good running back. they got a good team overall. So I'm taking Nevada 
in Nevada, in Reno, and then you know party after after go to the little big little big city and uh, pull some slots in Reno. <laughs> the fifty two and a half over looks good, but I think it's gonna stay under. I think Air Force, um, the way they play football, they really slow yep. the game down, and um, Nevada coming off that tough conference loss against uh, San Diego State. I think they want to be conservative too because nobody wants to go down two in a row this late in the season. So you want to finish the season strong. Um, and speaking of being strong, Flores has a strong matchup. He's going to be watching Friday night. I say strong. He says it's going to be sick. <laughs> and it, it's a big week for combat sports, but specifically boxing. There's, some boxing going on the 17th, Tim Su, uh, spelled T-S-Z-Y-U, who's undefeated 19-0, 15 knockouts. Dude is legit. He is fighting in Australia. Guys, go figure out how and when to watch that one. My bad. I don't have the info. Just know that it's a good fight to watch on the 17th. But Friday, I do have wait, some info for you. Wait, wait real quick. Is that is a fight in Australia? Yes, yeah, so it's probably going to be at a very odd hour, which is why I don't know, uh, or even how to watch it. But there's always a way. With the, zone, with the zone, there's always a way for sure. And we get some good fights on the zone. Well, this one on Friday, and I'm going to have something for you guys for Saturday, because that's where the real excitement is for boxing this weekend. But the fact that we get a nice little pre-event on Friday, just like we did for the Canelo fight, where there was a pre-event also on Friday with Mikaela Meyer fighting and all this stuff. On this one, we get Demetrius Andrade. Demetrius Andrade is probably most famous for after Canelo winning one of his uh, recent fights, um, the one against uh, Ildrum, I think it was, where he just embarrassed the guy in three rounds. Demetrius Andrade came up after the fight to the press conference and got Canelo to say, you motherfucker, what's up, motherfucker? You want to fight, motherfucker? Over and over and over, making for one of the greatest uh, uh, memes and gifts there is with hearing Canelo cuss in English. But that's pretty much all Demetrius Andrade is honestly famous for, and it sucks because the guy's amazing. He's 30-0. and 0. He legitimately poses one of the biggest threats to Canelo right now, but because he has a negative, not even a zero fan base, but a negative fan base, Eddie Hearn from the zone from Matchroom Boxing actually came out and said, this is the most avoided fighter I probably have ever worked with because nobody wants to fight Demetrius Andrade. He's fighting Jason Quigley on Friday night on the zone. The main event, meaning that their fight will probably be on at 7 p.m., 7.30. So it is a little bit of an earlier fight on a Friday than the normal 9 p.m., 10 p.m. start times on Saturday. So make sure you guys are by TV for that. Trust me, Demetrius Andrade is worth the watch. The guy is just a scientist in there, in the sweet science. Make sure you guys tune in Friday night. Flores, are we going knockout or are we going, are we going the distance? Distance, but no distance because this guy Quigley, in my opinion, he is a Quigley. Fun fact, beat Shane Mosley Jr. in his last fight out. Um, Irishman, so, you know, it's hard to knock out an Irishman. What's Quigley's record? Quigley is 19-1 and one with 14 knockouts. Okay. And Demetrius uh, is putting up his perfect record against Quigley. And this is on zone, so I can watch it. Yes, sir. Um, okay. And then the the Australian 
the the land down under match is on Thursday. That one is on Tuesday on the seventeenth on Wednesday. I don't know what date it actually is in Australia at the time, but it's going to be the seventeenth here. It's so complicated. You know what you should do? It'll be it'll be the eighteenth in Australia. I'll have to look up the time though. You know how you can find out is um if you go on Bovada, it'll tell you the time. It always yeah. does. It always does the bet the because they always want to make sure that they give people like Andres the correct time for them to make <laughs> or make or a we donation. Can just ask our Wallaby friend Rocco, because uh, he's in Australia, and see what time he tells us what that is. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay, so that wraps up Friday's entertainment. We have Lakers Celtics. Pray to God the Lakers don't embarrass themselves. Um, Air Force versus Nevada college football and boxing. We still have Saturday and Sunday to get to. Um, we'll do that, though, just after this quick break. Hi. So, no, I don't give a shit about those expectations. I'm proud of them. Undress. <laughs> Howdy boy, Flores, best game of the day on Saturday, 9 o'clock a.m. Get up, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, because Ohio State versus Michigan State, this is going to be the winner. Pretty much whoever wins this game is solidifying their Big Ten championship in my eyes. Um, So we'll see what happens. I'm hoping for – I don't care who wins. uh, I'd rather have Michigan State beat up on Ohio State so it helps Notre Dame's chances to get in the playoffs. Um, so then you do uh, care. This is be a big game, so I, I mean, I do care a little bit. I hope, I hope all the players get hurt at some point, oh uh, just so it helps the, the next opponents next week. Um, but, you know, that being said, this is going to be a game where I think there's going to be a lot of scoring. This is at Ohio State, so being played at the Horseshoe, very tough for Michigan State uh, to win on the road. We'll see how it goes. They have the best running back in the game with Walker, the third. Uh, guy is putting up monster Madden numbers right now. He's got 1,473 yards on the ground with 17 touchdowns. Probably, I mean, he should get a call for the Heisman Trophy, at least an invite. But I don't know, Pat, if Stroud, the quarterback for Ohio State, this is a big game if he can respond to a big game. We saw what he did against Oregon. Um, and it wasn't a good outcome. So Michigan State is 7-2-1 and one against the spread. Guys, I don't understand how this makes sense. Uh, Ohio State is favored by 19 points against the seventh team in the country. 19 points. That's a lot of points for an unranked, I mean, to a ranked team, a top 10 team, and a conference foe. So give me the 19. I like it. Flores right now, money line on them, plus 700, 7-1 odds. You taking that? Damn. I mean, I already made some bank off of Ohio State losing earlier this year. Might not be a bad idea. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I would take the points at least. I mean, 19 is a shit ton of points. And, um, oh, I always take the points. Yeah. As far as even buy two more points, pay the extra juice, and get it to 21. You know, <laughs> I was – um. I was talking with um, my future cousin's boyfriend, uh, Larry. He's a uh, loyal listener of the show, and uh, he is an Ohio State fan. And um, he was telling me that all season long, Ohio State hasn't really had much 
they haven't really had much games to talk about, right? I mean, they we talked about the Oregon game, and then now we have this game, and I was getting really excited to talk about Ohio State for once, and the the spread is nineteen points. So, I hope for Larry's sake that Ohio State wins. But for people like you, Andres, I hope that Michigan keeps it close. You know, just to give even just to give Ohio State a little bit of a test. You know, like. Everybody always writes in Ohio State as their representative to go to the playoff mm-hmm. out of the Big Ten, mm-hmm. and rightfully so. So it would be nice to see Ohio State earn it. I think Ohio State is going to win. I want Ohio State to win, but I just want them to earn it. And right now, uh, Michigan State's playing with heavy hearts because, you know, one of their former soldiers is uh, falling right now, um, looking for a job. Uh, your boy, Le'Veon Bell, man, he just got cut. I think he got cut today, so... Uh, he, he might be on the sideline um, on Saturday trying to provide a little bit of a pep talk. You know, he, I heard that he's going to be um, bringing some applications to the game so he can uh, – some resumes so he can get a, a coaching job at Michigan State. But um, so that, that that's my take on Ohio State. I hope they win, but I hope it's close because, Jesus Christ, I want to see Ohio State get a little bit of a challenge. And uh, now I know we just went from talking about two – top 10 ranked teams and now we're moving on to my game um and it's probably all of our games even all of our listeners here in southern california it's the one o'clock game it's ucla taking on usc now ucla is six and four usc is four and five so not much is at stake in terms of championships and you know trophies but there's a lot at stake because this is probably one of the biggest rivalries out there in college sports, especially here in Southern California. And I don't care what anybody says. I know we have the Lakers. I know we have the Dodgers. I know we have the Clippers and we have LAFC versus the Galaxy. And I know we have the LA Kings versus the uh, Anaheim Ducks or the Rams and the Chargers. But there, I cannot think of one game out of all these teams we have in LA that is bigger then UCLA, USC college football. And I, I I compare this game at the top of the list to any other game that you might catch. And it is it is the big ticket item. And you could get a record, Flores. USC can have a record of four and five. And UCLA can have a record of six and four. And this game will still get all the hype. And what makes it even more important is that USC right now only has four wins. And to be, to be bowl eligible, you need six wins. And USC has two games left. This one and one more, I think, against, um, is it Stanford or Notre Dame, Andres? Who does USC have to play after UCLA? Is it your team, Notre Dame? Uh, no, we, they already played uh, Notre Dame earlier this year. So it might be Stanford. So um, what better way to keep USC out of a bowl than to just beat them this weekend? Because if they beat, if US, UCLA beats them, that's it for USC. They have nothing to look forward to. So, Flores, I kick it over to you as our um, Bruin of the group. You went to UCLA. Tell us what this game always means to you every year. I hate to rain on your party there, Pat. <laughs> no, don't. But Pat is over here selling the shit out of this game. Like, this is the game that everybody looks forward to. I had no idea that was even happening this weekend. <laughs> I just kind of gave up. UCLA football once this UCLA basketball season started, I guess, 
But these are the types of games that you want as a student. Because as a student, straight up as a student, you don't give a flying fuck what your record is. You don't care if you're going to a national championship. You just want to go to these tailgates and to the games. <laughs> Maybe. But for sure to these tailgates. And now that these teams are mediocre at best this season, and I love UCLA, what they've done this year, but you still had some really bad losses, and it totally just ruined the season, I guess you can say. Ruined all the good things that you did this year. But <clears throat> as a student, you love going to these tailgates because you know it's not going to be a bunch of fair-weather fans. It's not going to be a bunch of people wanting to see USC because they're undefeated, and so they have tickets. No, these are just going to be a bunch of students and a bunch of true fans of both of these teams going to this game, tailgating, and it's just that's that's the, the party of the year is the UCLA-USC tailgate. Whether it's, you know, in downtown L.A. off of Figueroa or whether it's at the Rose Bowl in Pasadena, it's always a party. So that's what I'm excited for all those kids that are going to UCLA and to USC right now for this game because I know they all can't wait. What about you, Andres? Are you betting on this game? I mean, no. UCLA should win, no problem. SC is absolutely trash. Um, Pat... Jimmy came in and he told me that SC plays BYU after and then closes out against Cal because their game got postponed mm. due to COVID last week. So, um, not that it matters, but I don't really care. So, what you're saying is SC can get their ass whooped this weekend and still potentially make a bowl game. Correct. And they'll lose their I don't, I don't that bowl game. I don't, I don't think that'll happen because I think they lose the BYU anyway the following week. Um, anyway, regardless about this game, you, I think UCLA gets the bell back, the infamous bell that they, they play for. Uh, the Tilgates are cool, but SC needs a lot of help. Uh, UCLA, I think, full prediction time, Pat, I think the man of the hour um, in um, the tight end for UCLA, Dulcich, will score... Two touchdowns and have uh, over 150 yards receiving. I'll take that because you put the 150 yards. If you would have said two touchdowns, I would have said no. Well, of course. I know. That's why I said. That's why I gave the 150 yards. I'll take that if you take my UCLA to win by 20 as a bold prediction. By 20? Mm, yeah, I'll take it. Okay, so. All right. I, I will also accept that bold prediction. And with the first mention of bold predictions, I must tell the audience that each bold prediction is worth seven points. The first to 21 collects beer from the losers. And right now the score is everybody's tied at seven. Andres is at seven. Flores is at seven. I'm at seven. And Champagne Chauncey is at zero right now. He's been too bold. So... UCLA wins by 20. Good luck, Andres. Um, good luck, Flores. And let's move on to the fight night. Right, Flores? You have another boxing match for Saturday night? Ding, ding, ding. We have arguably the best fighter in the world fighting on a pay-per-view, ESPN pay-per-view this Saturday. So... The big argument in boxing is who is the pound-for-pound pound best fighter? Everybody mentions Canelo as probably the go-to. But then there's those in the Terrence Crawford camp that think he is. And then there's those in the 
Inoue camp who think he's the best. But, in my opinion, Canelo is a clear number one, and Crawford can probably stake the claim for number two. So at least there's that much when it comes to Terrence Bud Crawford, and he's 37-0 with 28 knockouts, 34 years old out of Omaha, Nebraska. And he's honestly looking for a big win, man. The reason why I just can't crown Crawford and even to this day, as many fights as he's had at welterweight, I'm just still not a believer is because he hasn't fought anybody like Sean Porter, even who he's fighting now, who's 31 and three and has lost to a lot of the big guys at the 147 division. Um, so again, is it really the elite level competition that Crawford is going up against? No, but is this the close fight? Yes, this is one that I'm actually recommending you put some money on Porter because this is still 55-45 in favor of Crawford. But if you look at the odds, it's a lot wider than that. So put some money on Porter to potentially pull this upset out. Even if he wins, I wouldn't necessarily consider it an upset. I would just know that I was right in believing that Crawford <laughs> was a little bit too small and a little bit overhyped this entire time. But make sure you tune in nonetheless, even though it's a little difficult to want to buy a pay-per-view just after Canelo's pay-per-view happened and the UFC pay-per-views happened. But still, find a way, y'all. Find a way. Who else is on this card? doesn't matter that's the unfortunate part with some of these fights that they have um uh, unless it's like golden boy you don't really get deep cards but you have esquiva falcao versus patrice voni i mean you do have johnny beck alin canuli versus hassan dam hassan dam Big, big middleweight, but he's most known for getting knocked down eight times against Lemieux in a middleweight fight and finally getting knocked out. So, again, there's not many um, fights to really hold your hat on, and that's what's sometimes the problem with top rank and PBC and all this stuff is that their cards are pretty weak as opposed to some of the golden boy ones, like the Canelo one was nice. It's going to be a long day, Andres. 9 a.m., college football, all the way down to pay-per-view boxing. Woo! So Saturday the 4th. Pass for Saturday the 4th. Look, the weekend starts on Wednesday. It's a marathon, not a sprint, baby. We're just getting <laughs> Man, okay. All right, then. So um, that concludes Saturday's entertainment. Like I just said, college football, all day, boxing, starting in the evening. Moving along to Sunday. Now, Saturday is going to be jam-packed, and that's good because if you have a lady or you have to do something with your family, uh, you can do that Sunday morning uh, because the three of us didn't really find any good football games to talk about for the NFL. So we just jumped straight to the 1 o'clock slot, and uh, let's shoot it over to you, Flores, for your first game of the day on Sunday. What is it? And there are some solid games in the morning, but just these afternoon games have quality written all over them. Cincinnati at Las Vegas. Now, both of these teams were riding high two games ago. I think they might have both been 5-2 and two, uh, at the same time. And now they're both 5-4. and four. This game is as split as it gets. 
I mean, uh, the Raiders are being given a point at home and 49 to 49% odds, according to ESPN's Football Power Index. So, again, both of these teams really need this victory to, to get their little mini miraculous seasons back online. <laughs> the Raiders just had a really bad loss to the Chiefs, who I think one of you guys is going to have some words about in a couple of minutes. But, you know, can the Bengals recover? Can can Chase keep doing what he was doing? Is Joey Big Dick Burrow going to keep that Big Dick energy for the rest of the season? Or is he going to show that he's nowhere near as good as Justin Herbert is? So, you know, this is going to oh, tell us a lot, but we will see. Mm. Oh, God. You brought in Justin Herbert's name, dude. That guy's just as trash as the old quarterback for the Chargers. It doesn't oh. matter. But regardless... Uh, this game is just, it's just awful. It's just awful that the Raiders showed their true colors uh, on Monday night against the Chiefs. I was hoping a, a better game. They look like the old Raiders themselves from previous past. Um, getting one at home, ugh, I think Cincinnati handles their business. I think Big Dick Burrow gets back into, uh, Joe Burrow gets back into the rhythm of things with Chase. Um, I was looking more so at the over 49 and a half. I think the points will be scored in this game because the, I think the Raiders don't have any defense and neither do the uh, Bengals considering that they gave up 41 points against the Browns. So, um, yeah, give me the over 49 and a half. I like that, but I'm going to have to go with the Bengals because the Raiders are just that old sinking ship in a new building. doesn't even matter. You know, um, I'm all over this game. I have four fantasy football leagues. In three of them, I'm playoff bound. And in those three leagues, I have Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon, T. Higgins, Darren Waller. So I I'm, I just love it. I, this is my game. And both teams being five and four with shaky defenses, even better for my fantasy. So thank you, Flores, for mentioning this game. I am going to be watching it as I am watching my Cowboys at 125. I am wearing my beautiful Cowboys hat that Andres bought me about 10 years ago from downtown LA. So I know, Andres, you did not pay for whatever they were asking. I'm sure you haggled them down because that's what you do to people. So um, <laughs> the game starts at 125, and the Cowboys are 7-2, and two, and the Chiefs are 6-4. and four, And thank God the Cowboys won against the Falcons because they're going to need it because they might lose on Sunday to the Chiefs because it looks like it's just one game, but it looks like Patrick Mahomes got his groove back, and uh, he did pretty well. He did pretty well. I know the Cowboys defense, you know, I know the Cowboys defense is pretty good these days, but it's still the Cowboys, and like I've told you guys before, until the day I see the Cowboys holding that Vince Lombardi trophy, I'm not going to be a believer. I need them to win. I'm not going to be one of those Cowboy fans that I was always like, oh, the Cowboys are winning the Super Bowl or blah, blah, blah. We them boys. That's not me. I'm not that Cowboys fan, which makes me more tolerable. But I do think they have a chance to beat the Chiefs. But the Chiefs look good, Andres. I mean, do you think they would have done that to anybody that night? Yeah, yeah. Andres, why don't yeah. you talk on that and talk about how – crazy your fantasy team probably exploded this week it's about you know why because Mahomes 
send me a thank you, fuck you letter to me because he heard the show the last week because I called him out. I mean, he sent me a, a bouquet of dicks. I said, thank you very much. And my family. <laughs> and it's perfect. It's a perfect relationship right now. He helped me. I don't even know. Dude. This guy went off. He scored five touchdowns, about 400 yards throwing. I forget. I'll, let me see if I can pull how many points he gave me. But it was a lot. Okay. Like, I was like, oh, it's, it's pretty much done. I, I won this week. No problem. And, and I, I have to repeal. Yeah. Tyreek Hill as well. So, uh, well, why yeah, you? No, I think I think the Chiefs are back in business, but uh, they clear. I think they beat single handedly, cover the spread at two and a half. I think it's gonna be a blowout against the Cowboys. No offense, Patrick. You still, again, it's a marathon, not a sprint for the season. So you still have a lot of games. You guys can afford to lose one. If I'm a Cowboys fan, and if if they lose, I wouldn't be panicking yet. It's only one game. You can. Everybody's like, "Oh, you know what? The Chiefs are back. It's a good loss as it happens," which it probably will because Mahomes is just on fire. Okay, so my bold prediction is that the Cowboys win. I'll take that. Wait, what's the line? Two and, and a half. half uh, Chiefs. Wait, what? Mine is two and a half. I just, I just fucking said UCLA by twenty, and you're trying to just. Get three points? <laughs> oh, this is different. <laughs> give me five, give me five points at least. So they gotta win by five by. they gotta win by five or more? Yeah, I mean am I the asshole here, Andres? Or like... No, no, you're compl- no, you're completely I, I was gonna say the same thing because I I have a player who has to score two touchdowns and have hundred and fifty receiving yards and he's a tight end for a college team. It's not like it's fucking Kelsey. <laughs> this is this is completely different. Like, this is the NFL, dude. If a week ago, you would have <laughs> laughed at the the Cowboys beat the Chiefs. You would have been like, "Of course." <laughs> okay, no, yeah, I'm cool. Cowboys win by five or more. That's my bold prediction. Um, let's go, Cowboys. By the way, uh, Mahomes Mahomes gave me fifty points. Wow. And Tyreek Hill gave me twenty-seven point five. What kind of league are you in? Because I have Mahomes too, and he only got me thirty-seven. Uh, it's it's a big league. I don't know. They do the, the yeah, points big, for like he just big league your ass. Big yeah. league here, Pat. Ah, uh, yeah. It sounds like a little fucking <laughs> participation there's more, there's league. Fourteen teams. There's fourteen teams in this league. Jeez. And I and I have Mahomes and Hill. Do you know you know how frustrating it is to know that I'm sitting four and six? No wonder you can't do anything about that at that point. Well, let's go. Let's nope. see if uh, you can turn it around and end the season eight and six. Let's go, Andres. Come on, man. Put your thumbs to work. Set your lineup. Pat, speaking about speaking about turning it around, let's not forget about the Sunday night game. Let's talk about the Steelers and the Chargers. Steelers, I feel like are turning it around. They didn't. They don't. They haven't lost. They didn't lose last week, guys. They tied <laughs> against the lonely Detroit Lions, which I think is it time. Can we retire that rule of ties in the NFL? I hope. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Sunday night game here at SoFi. Pat, you going to that game? I am not going to that game because if I could find a way to go to a game, it will be to a Lakers game. Okay. So, uh, Big Ben's coming to town with Najee Harris. Uh, the Steelers against the lowly Chargers. Those guys are bad. I knew they would lose against Minnesota Vikings. Uh, I predict the Steelers to win and give them an ass kicking. Right now, the line, I believe, is 
Chargers minus five, guys. These that's that's just awful. You're getting money line Pittsburgh plus two to one. I'm taking the give me the plus money. But yeah, you, the Chargers are just bad, bad, bad. We I cannot let the show end or go on with with you saying that Justin Herbert's trash. Dude, I, he's, he's awful, Pat. This guy's he, he makes bonehead decisions when it comes like to pressure. He can't handle himself in the pressure. He he tries to do so too much. He tries to rather throw away the ball. He, he's taking sacks when it's not needed. I have him on my fantasy team, Pat. So I'm telling you why, as a fantasy owner of this guy in this middle world that we live in now, <laughs> why he's trash. And he just doesn't provide the numbers that he needs to. Against Minnesota, guys, he uh, only threw for 195 yards, one touchdown, one interception, completion rate of 58%. Against a lowly Minnesota team, you can't be doing that. you got to win your games at home when it's needed. He couldn't come up with a W against New England, and he got embarrassed in Baltimore. So uh, he's just he's not doing it. Well, Minnesota always has a good defense, but we'll uh... – We'll just leave it at that. So, okay, Steelers-Chargers, that is the last game of the day. Um, So that concludes Sunday's entertainment. And uh, that concludes all the sports entertainment. The weekend starts on Wednesday. Uh, This weekend, it starts with Central Michigan versus Ball State, college football matchin', and it ends Sunday night with the Steelers and Chargers. We do have one more segment coming up. It is the fan favorite scumbag of the night, and we're going to get to that just after this short break. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. I'd rather, you know, Pat, when I win, people always listen to everything. <laughs> the scumbag of the night is the individual responsible for ruining your sports happiness. They could cost you a bet, cost you a victory in fantasy sports, or they can make the headlines for all the wrong reasons. And right now, um, one of our faithful, loyal listeners, a dear friend of ours, um, his name is Adolfo. He lives up in Seattle. Um, he's probably saying that we're his scumbags, Andres, because he requested for us to talk about this deaf football team from California, I believe from Riverside, California. He requested for us to talk about them as um, a hero for the Heroes and Headlines segment. And I said, yeah, for sure, dude, we definitely will talk about that. And I got so caught up in our other headlines, I completely forgot about it. So Adolfo, we will be your scumbags. But to save face with you, to make it right with you, um, we've tasked Andres with providing the statistics about why this school is your hero. So take it away, Andres. So the school is uh, California School for the Deaf. Uh, out in Riverside, they are undefeated in football this year. They're two games away uh, from winning a championship. They're in the semis for their division. The team floors that they just most recently beat was Desert Christian Knights, and they beat them 84-12. to That's correct. I said 84-12. to A deaf team, uh, not that it matters whether they're deaf or blind, but as I said earlier, no blind teams don't win a football game, but a deaf team uh, has... As a coach stated, uh, the team that they beat stated that these guys are have the, the best communication he's ever coached against. So these guys are making some news. Uh, we're rooting for the best for them. I hope they do win it all. I think it would be a great story. I'm sure we'll see it uh, made by Disney in three months. So 
Uh, congratulations to the, to the California School of Death out in Riverside. Undefeated season. Hopefully you guys can get that elusive championship high school crown. The first championship in that school's history if they end up doing it or getting it. So. Well, also, too, the cherry on top for the on Riverside School of the Death is the entire second half was played with their second string players. And they still wow. kicked the shit out of uh, Desert Christian Knights. So it wasn't a good night for the Knights. <laughs> um, so that, that, that's the scumbag. Um, I am your scumbag, Adolfo. I'm so sorry that I forgot your request, but there it is. And if you didn't hear it, that means you didn't listen to the entire show, Adolfo, which would make you a scumbag. So let's shoot it over <laughs> to um, who was going to go second. Was it you, Andres, or was it Flores? I'll go Flores. And, you know, I don't know if this is a stereotype or not, but I would assume that all of those players on the uh, the dev team that won would be absolute gentlemen and just the, the, the coolest competitors to play against. They're not going to be getting in your face. They're not going to be doing any of this, you know, just ancillary stuff. And my scumbag is a team that it seems that everywhere they go, there is ancillary stuff going on. And that team, the scumbag is fresh fresh off the press, guys. This is being recorded on Tuesday night. This just happened. Mexico just got their ass whooped. And it just seems that any time that Mexico is involved in a game, there is stuff being thrown onto the field. There is something going on. At the end of the game, there was a big commotion with the Canadian players. And the Mexican players are just always mad, it seems. It just seems that they have it, like it's like they're that little kid in 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 the in the yard that's playing with everybody else and it's just they're the smallest kid and so they're just really angry all the time. It just seems that that's what the Mexican team is wherever they go to play against. Just be happy guys. Come on. I know you were playing in the snow in the frozen tundra of Canada, but still, come on, you don't have to be screaming and, and and throwing stuff at the Canadian players and then causing all the fans to throw snow at you at the end and you to get kicked out. I hope they made it out safe out of that stadium, but then I remembered they're in Canada and they'll be safe wherever they go, but <laughs> that is my scumbag. Andres, what do you have to say about that? I mean, look, there's, I get it. I, I think he's proud, he's proud of it. <laughs> I'm pr yeah, because you know what? At least you know these guys always want to, they hate losing. I hate losing. Pat, I know you hate losing. Like, I'm sure Flores is just like, oh, he just smiles and get, when he gets his ass kicked. I'll fuck you. Like, see you guys tomorrow. Got my ass kicked today. Like, I hate losing. I, I hate when I, like, it's just, it's just that. And the fact that Mexico's been top dogs for generations and now Canada's coming up and, and, USA. So yeah, we're, we're, we're dropping in standings, but again, there's a lot of games to be played. So I get it for It was, it was a little messy out there tonight. So who's your scumbag Andres? I would love to hear it. My scumbag of the night, Pat, it comes out of the university of Duke, which I knew you might be surprised considering how much love and ad admiration and affection I have for the Duke blue devils, specifically with their uh, basketball team. And unfortunately, their basketball team, specifically a player in the name of Michael Se of Severino, the grandson to Coach K, got pulled over for a DWI in the state of North of Carolina. Um, what they, they just finished a game and he was caught 
not only that, he was arrested for having a .08 uh, alcohol level, which is the legal limit uh, in North Carolina. But on top of that, he had the potential number one pick of the draft in the car with him in Banchero, uh, the 19-year-old freshman who is probably be in the draft. But it puts his life in the sense of like that spotlight you don't want to do. He's just a scumbag. You have everything. You're on the team. You're playing for your grandfather, who's the who's Coach K. Uh, potentially could win you a national championship or be part of that team to win one. Your mother, his mother, guys, is the assistant to the athletic director. Uh, so it brings a lot of fucking just bad news to the family and shit that just doesn't need. What? It makes no sense. There's no reason for it. There's no reason for it. Why? You're a big man on campus. Why do you have to keep driving around, dude, like an idiot? You know you're going to be under the gun. So Coach K's daughter is the assistant to the athletic director correct okay and her son is also on the team in basketball correct and he was driving around the best player on duke drunk correct correct some people will just never learn you know some people will just never learn and um that's why i didn't go to duke that's why i didn't I had to stay right here in California where I know I'm safe and I'm not going to do stupid decisions out there. But, um, well, speaking of like stupid decisions or just stupid things that people have said, if you are a sports fan, um, you probably are if you're listening to this show, you would have heard by now that Carlos Correa said that Derek Jeter did not earn his gold gloves, that they were given to him. And we are now going on about 12 hours or maybe it was yesterday. Maybe we're going on like almost two days worth of just arguing with each other via um, text message about this. Cause I think that Carlos Correa is a scumbag for saying that, but a new wrinkle to the case is that maybe Correa doesn't want to be a Yankee at all which is why he said this because now if you're the Yankees, do you even sign him? Because how the fuck are you going to bring Carlos Correa to the Yankees after he basically said Derek Jeter's overrated? You know, Pat, that's, that's a valid point. I didn't think about that, uh, that he could be sabotaging him because he probably loves being in Houston. And I would, you know, he's probably used to that warm weather. He, I don't think he wants to be in the cold when it comes to, playoff time or championship time or world series time it's snow he doesn't do well in snow none of them do so i didn't think about that nice twist of the story oh yeah so i mean that's that's one angle at it but uh flores you seem to agree that jeter is not deserving or what is your statement i think what happened is this opened a can of worms is is is, uh correa's statement about jeter not deserving all those gold gloves opened up the whole conversation of me just overall thinking that Derek Jeter is more of a myth and a legend than he is a all-time baseball player. Now, okay, maybe that's wrong because he's a baseball player's baseball player. I'll give you that. But is he was he ever considered the best player in the game at the time? Did he ever win an MVP? Did he ever do things like that as an individual? No. All of the things that you mentioned about Derek Jeter are as a team. Now, some of those gold gloves, I mean, he played forever, dude. So can you expect him to have a couple gold gloves? He's better because what else was he good at? He was good at singles. 
and being clutch and having a decent glove. And that's why he better have some of these gold gloves to show because, again, he doesn't have a lot of those individual things. And that's the conversation that arose from this all. And me even saying that, hey, at the end of his career, Carlos Correa might be there with Jeter when it comes to stats and maybe even uh, World Series. And you can definitely argue that Altuve is there as an as a middle infielder with Derek Jeter as an all timer already too because everything that Jeter's done, Altuve has done as well and is still getting there. And so that's kind of where I was coming from with this whole thing. But as far as like specifically what Correa said, I mean I don't have a, as much of a problem with Jeter winning all those gold gloves. Like I said, he better do that. But that is a very interesting topic that you said that now Correa is probably not going to go to New York, which means and you know, through the grapevine, I've heard that Seager may be gone. So that might open the door for Seager to go there and for Carlos Correa to end up playing shortstop, shortstop at Dodger Stadium for 81 games a year. What are your guys' <laughs> thoughts on that? I'd rather have nobody playing shortstop than Carlos Correa. I mean, no, and you know, and, <laughs> It, that's just so disrespectful to Trey Turner. I mean, I know Trey Turner was absent during the playoffs, and I'm not too sure what happened, but give him some credit. You know, like let him play. Put Chris Taylor at shortstop. I wouldn't not. I would not want Carlos Correa. Like I don't care. He's. He's. I don't care how good he is. I just. I can't get behind the idea of it. I just can't. What about you, Andres? What about you? No, you, you got to do whatever you can to sign Trey Turner. And I don't think they will even think about signing Correa because of what they did against us. And there's, they know, Dodgers organization knows better because if he, they, they sign him, I promise you he'll be greeted by thousands of Dodgers fans at the on his flight tell him to go back. I don't think they'll hey, want that. Hey, that hey, 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 let me say this. They fired a coach in Boston for cheating for doing a lot of scandalous shit against the Dodgers. Mookie Betts was on that same team, and you guys welcome Mookie Betts with open arms. That's different. What is the difference? Uh, Mookie's not an asshole. Yeah, Mookie Mookie does everything that you want on a team. Yeah, but you always think a guy's an asshole till he's your asshole and you love him. So what is yeah, but this guy's not an this guy's not an asshole that I that I would want on my Jeff, team. He's Jeff not, Kent. Jeff Kent was absolutely hated by Dodger fans. Came to yeah, Dodgers and, and, and everybody loved him. And I and I respect Jeff Kent. He's a hell of a second baseman. I just didn't like him when he was wearing a Giants uniform. I give credit where credit is due, though. Carrera, look, I get it, but that's another topic for another time because we're probably eating time for these lovely listeners and they think we're scumbags but what hey but i will say but i will say this i do agree with you guys i would never fucking sign that guy i hated every second that richard sherman was on the 49ers because of his time with the seahawks so i completely agree with you guys but sometimes you just say fuck that guy and you don't ever have him on your team now a, a corresponding interesting move to this whole discussion is that the blue jays extended barrios the starting pitcher they gave him a nice contract which means they might have less money for marcus simeon which means that the Dodgers can pursue Marcus Simeon if they're trying to get a right-handed power hitter, which he is. So um, it's going to be interesting. I, I'm excited. Um, if they do get Correa, 
we might have to cancel the show for a week or so because I wouldn't even know what to say or what to do about it. But um, so that concludes it. That concludes the 126th episode. Our heroes, our listeners, you all will never be our scumbags. And um, if you're going to place any bets this weekend, good luck. And don't forget Thursday, round two of Hawk Fights presented by All the Lines. It's going to be our live hockey draft. Um, We're picking the best games from Thursday. Who we think is going to win. We have our two friends. um, Is it T-Rock now? That's his nickname, T-Rock and Nighttime Nick. So they'll be joining us live on Thursday afternoon. If you can tune in, watch it live, great. If not, we'll record it and make sure that we put it up for you. So again, the 126th episode. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for listening, and we will see you next week.